Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you know that you're emotional, you know you get angry, then you don't want to be making decisions. You don't want to be opening your mouth, making decisions, making calls like that. It's wise to say, you know what, I'm, before I rush to judgment, I'm going to just be quiet for a day and pray. Situation's not going anywhere. You know, no one's life is in jeopardy. I just need to take some minutes to pray. He said, put the guy in custody. So he's, he's, he's situated. Let me take some time to pray about this. I need to seek the mind of the Lord. So I try to remind people of this, that our emotions are an extension of our flesh. Have you ever said or done something in a moment of heightened emotions? Most of us have. And in today's message, Pastor Bill will implore you to take a step back from situations that cause you emotional distress. If you know that you're a person who might say some regrettable words or make some irresponsible actions, you need to take time to pray. Your situation will still be there in an hour, a day, or even a week. Take time to pray and ask God for self-control and wisdom. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 24 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. They married, but the problem is not that they're married. The problem is that who are Israelites supposed to marry? Israelites. Are Egyptians Israelites? They worship other gods. They worship false gods. They worship pagan gods. This is wrong. So I just want to point that out because everything we're getting ready to read and all the stuff that go wrong, I didn't want to read over that so fast and we just look at what went wrong and not point out to you guys why it's so important. And I guess now I really speak to you single people. If you're married, you're married. Stay married. Done. If you're single though, it is so critical that you wait on the Lord, that you don't rush out ahead of the Lord, that you don't become impatient. God taking too long and you go out there and get you some loser. Um, go get you somebody in the world. That's what that's. I don't know how this relationship hooked up, but this Israelite woman didn't end up with no Israelite man that worshiped the true and living God. She ended up with this Egyptian man. One of the problems that will inevitably happen when you take people that are not of one accord, that are not equally yoked together, um, especially if it's the man that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's not, that's he's the head and he's not saved. He's not right with God. When you have some kids, which way are they going to go? Who's going to be instructing them? Whose instruction is going to win out? Um, you, you really don't want that because I tell people this, you know, a lot of people don't think about this in their singleness. But as you picking some guy, single girls, you're picking your child's father. And so you might be looking at a job and some muscles and things like that, but but the, the, can he lead? Does the dude know Lord? The, can he can he can he pray? Can he get a can he does God even have a relationship with the Lord? I mean, what you're really picking your kid's father. Same thing to a, a guy. You know, guy maybe guys look with their eyes and they pick a pretty body and, and pretty features, and that's gonna be a mother to your children. She's gonna be able to lead them, she's gonna have a lot of influence over your kid, a lot of sway. Is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be bad? Um, so we need to really be careful to heed the counsel in the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter six. Do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. It shouldn't even be a consideration for us to for, for, for Christians um, to date, to engage with a non-believer. And I hear people all the time make the compromise. Well, you know, they said they'd be willing to come to church. Um, yeah, maybe be in church with you for a while. Um, he, they, he say he loved the Lord, but you see, he, 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 the way he's treating you or the way he's, what he's trying to get out of you is an indication that he don't really love the Lord. Um, 
We just need to be really wise, really cautious, do this God's way. So anyway, back to our story. Son of an Israelite woman, father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel, and the Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel fought in the camp. So uh, this woman, who this son, who daddy's Egyptian and mother is Israelite, he had a fight uh, with another Israelite. They're out there fighting in the street somewhere. Verse 11, and the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shalomith, the daughter of debris and of the tribe of Dan. So a lot I see in verse 11. One, so this, they have a fight out there. And when this guy is in, somehow in the fight, maybe he got beat up. Maybe he got the, the, the raw end of it. And so he said, I'm, I'm a, I just want to say something. You know, you get beat up and you still want to say something mean. He did this guy. Said, I'm, I'm a curse your God. Ooh. Well, understand this in Egyptian culture, they regularly curse their God. They have so many of them. They, the sun God didn't show up and, and our hearts, our, our harvest man curse him. They cursed that God. And the, this God over here didn't do what they wanted. They cursed that God. And because their gods were not gods at all, they didn't curse them gods and nothing happened. Well, he brought this mindset over to the Israelite, the true and the living God. And uh, I only can wonder, you know, got an Egypt, Egyptian dad. Um, maybe dad, maybe he's heard dad curse God before. Uh, maybe he's seen this at home. Maybe when dad and mom argue, maybe dad, you know, say some stuff to mom about her, her, her God or whatever. We don't know. But he's out there cursing God. Now, it's a, a sin in Israel. It's a sin to blaspheme God, to curse him. And you guys hear me say this all the time, but I'm going to really go in on it right here just for our benefit. There are people that feel like it's okay at times to vocalize your anger at God. And I always say, mm, mm, don't do that. Because usually people are attributing to God, blaming God for something that didn't go right in their life. That God never said, you know, he never said it, you know, he, God never said your life's going to be perfect. That once you believe in me, nothing bad will ever happen to you again. Your kids will be perfect. You have the best job. He never said that. So when it doesn't happen to curse him, be mad at him, is it's not even fair. He never said it was going to be that way. But I always wonder because I'm thinking... Right here, God, it was a big deal. They, they, this guy's going to be stoned to death for this. In Israel, you cursed, you spoke wicked against the Lord. You spoke evil against God in that way. That was punishable by death. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I think it's a big deal how we speak about God. It might not be punishable by death, but I know that God didn't like it. I know that he didn't take kindly to it. I know it wasn't a small deal to him. And so I challenge people, when things are not going well, someone you love died, someone got cancer, some tragedy happens, you really need him at that moment. God, I need your comfort. I'm hurting. I need, I need you to minister to me. I don't know what's going on. I, I just need to look to you, Lord. That's where you really want to come before the Lord. You don't want to be out there shaking your fist at God and speaking uh, angrily to the Lord. That's your only help, first of all. And what God promised to do for you and me got nothing to do with the well-being of your kids and the well, your perfect health for the rest of your life. God, what God did for you and me is salvation. He died in my place. I'm going to heaven when this thing is over with. That's what I get from the Lord. I don't have a promise that says I'll never get sick. I don't have a promise that says that nothing, you know, nothing will ever, no tragedy will ever before. I just don't have it. So should it happen, I can't be shaking my fist at God. I got to cry out and say, God, help me. You knew this was coming. I didn't know. I'm taking off guard. I need help. I need you to minister to me. And so just be cautious, you guys. Be careful. That is, is a big deal. Um, 
It's a big deal to the Lord. So anyway, back to our story here. So this 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 this, this kid who's mixed Israelite and Egyptian, he cursed God. And in verse 12, it said now, I, I'm sorry, I meant to point this out in verse 11 as well. Um, his mother's name is Shalomith. And the reason I believe she has, you know, she's something to blame. The Holy Spirit saw fit to put her name in scripture for all eternity that we would all know who this kid's mother was. They could have just said this. They could have just left it blank. This Israelite, this kid whose mother was Israelite, dad was Egypt. It didn't name his dad, but it names his mother right here. Why is she named in scripture for all eternity? I think because she messed up and married an Egyptian man and, and brought and brought this issue uh, into the camp of Israel. She's named. And her name goes there. So I just would say once again for extra emphasis for all you single people to wait on the Lord. Let God do it. Let God do it. Let God do it. Let God do it. Don't go do it yourself. I have seen countless do-it-yourself projects. They all fail afterwards. And you can't DIY your relationships. You got to let the Lord do it. And so if you get out there, like, I'm, I'm not a good project person i don't do i'm not a handyman i'm not a diy person um if i do it it's probably gonna break if i make a chair you don't want to sit in it um you know that's just not my gig when it comes to relationships marital things you gotta let the lord put them things together and at least you know you only want to be open to pursuing something that lines up with what his word says um i'm i'm shocked at times how many christians are willing to consider things that are clear violations um, you, you know, that's when you end up in situations like this. So it says that um, it names her and tells what tribe she's from. Verse 12, it says, then they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shown him. I thought that was cool. They didn't just jump to judgment. They didn't say, get that stone. They weren't looking forward to doing something to this. They said, wait a minute, because he's not an Israelite. He's outside. He's, he's, a, he's mixed. He's Egyptian. And I, we don't know. Put him aside. Put him in custody. We need to seek the Lord about what to do to him. Um, I would just say this. I think it's wise, um, especially if you are an emotional person. If you find that you're emotional and or if, or if you got a bad temper, either one of them things, those are both, you know, extensions of emotions and whatever. If you're emotional, you got a bad temper, uh, you got to make a decision. It's just wise, especially if it's something that you got. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, oh, it's just, it's heavy. It's harsh. It's what, take a moment. Seek the mind of the Lord. Take some, take some time to pray. If you know that you're emotional and you know you get angry, then you don't want to be making decisions. You don't want to be opening your mouth, making decisions, making calls like that. It's wise to say, you know what, I'm, before I rush to judgment, I'm going to just be quiet for a day and pray. Situation's not going anywhere. You know, no one's life is in jeopardy. I just need to take some minutes to pray. They said, put the guy in custody. So he's, he's, he's situated. Let me take some time. Pray about this. I need to seek the mind of the Lord. So... I try to remind people of this, that our emotions are an extension of our flesh. Um, my emotions, how I feel is irrelevant. Anybody ever felt real strongly something and then it was wrong? Anybody? Just me? Um, I felt before. I, I mean, I felt and I've looked at my, my, what my knee jerk response said do. And I took a day to pray and I look at what the Holy Spirit said do. Do you know that it's almost never the same thing? And I realized that my flesh is stupid. My flesh always, what my flesh says, it makes sense when I'm thinking it. My flesh, just you need to do this. Yeah, I, ooh, ooh, and I pray about it for a day, and then God be giving me scripture and everything else, and it's like, I'm not supposed to do none of that. Nothing I thought I was supposed to do, am I, am I, am I, am I supposed to do? And so, um, we, we want to be careful about that, so we don't make bad decisions. So they, they, took, uh, they took some time, 
that the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. Verse 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take outside the camp him who was cursed and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and let all the congregation stone him. Um, if you write note, write down Deuteronomy 17 uh, verses six and seven. I want to read it real quick and explain uh, why they're doing this. Deuteronomy 17 verses six and seven says, whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. The hands of the witnesses shall be the first against him to put him to death. And afterwards, the hands of all the people. So you shall put away the evil from among you. Few things here. God says when there's injustice, the people that it was done in front of, y'all are going to be the ones to lay your hands on him. So nobody's lying. Uh, it's not going to be just one witness, somebody coming out the corner. Ooh, I heard her say this. Guys, no, we're not going to have that. Um, it's going to have to be, it's got to be two or three witnesses. And you got two or three people saying, no, we all heard him say it. When he, whenever this fight happened, you guys know how fights happen today. Two people start fighting and what does everybody do? I know kids, they all rush. Ooh, and now it looks like this. Everybody rushing, they start doing this. You know, they got a phone out or some, some way to record it. Well, back here, same thing. There's a fight. Everybody came around and God said, everybody heard him. When that fight, everybody heard him cuss. Everybody heard him curse me, blaspheme me. You guys, put your hands on him. And you guys are going to cast the first stones. And then from there, the whole community is going to stone him. And God said in Deuteronomy 17, 6, 7, and so put away the evil from among you. I don't want this to take on. I don't want this to become part of the culture of our people. I want to put the evil away from us. And that's how it's going to be dealt with. Um, I, I, what I like is that the people that saw it were witness to it. They're the ones that got to come and testify. Um, today, if, if we did things, not, not, not that we were stone people, but if we did things like this, where, you know, since you heard it, you, you confront it. What happens today is somebody will be witness to something and they know it's wrong and they're like, well, I'm going to go tell you. And I'm did you talk to them about it? Well, let's go talk to them. No, I don't want to be in it. Well, you in it now. And you have all this. That's why we got mess today. People just don't want to confront things head on. You know, you said this, you said that. Let's all go sit down and bam, deal with it in front of everybody. And you're going to tell them in front of me what they said. Um, I never forget when I was at my old church. Somebody, you know, the somebody went into the pastor's office to tell something on somebody else. And he said, really? OK. Uh -huh, OK. Wow. They did that. OK. Stay right here. And he went and got the other person and brought them in and sat them down. And said, OK, now tell them. Tell me one more time. Tell me what you. So you said, tell me one more time. But he just said in front of him and me. And then the story started going, well, uh, you know, and they start backpedaling. And you'd be amazed at how how the truth is revealed. You just everybody's everybody in front of everybody. And you'll find out that, you know, sometimes it's not all that it seems. People get real comfortable, you know, doing this behind closed doors. It wasn't going to be none of that in Israel. You saw it. You saw it. You saw all y'all come. Put your hand on their head because they're getting ready to die. So I, mean, I don't think you want your hand out there if you didn't really see it. Uh, I mean, if it didn't really happen, if you were like, well, maybe he blasphemed, but maybe he said, I don't know. Maybe he didn't say it. I, I don't think everybody's going to put their hands if it wasn't if it didn't really happen. And God said, that's, that's how we're going to make sure that if somebody's getting punished, it really happened. Uh, and that people aren't being, you know, lied on in Israel. And so he's putting away the evil from among them. Verse 15 said, then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, whoever curses his God shall bear his sins. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. 
All the congregation shall surely stone the stranger as well as him who was born in the land. When he, blasphemes, when he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. Now, starting in verse 17, we deal with uh, laws concerning retribution or things being done to you and what you're supposed to do. Verse 17, whoever kills any man shall surely be put to death. You kill somebody, you're going to die for it. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good, animal for animal. And I just will say this right now because we live in a land and a culture where there is no real penalty for things. And so uh, you've noticed that any culture that removes strict penalties for things, uh, sin runs more rampant. Um, if there's not a penalty for murder that's really compelling, you have a lot more murder. If you live in an area where murder is life for life, you'll find that don't nobody kill nobody. When they know they're going to die, if they get caught, don't nobody do it. But we live in a place where... You know, you get away with it and, and you do it over and over again. I don't know if you guys remember years ago, uh, some kid from out here where they tag on our walls and they just get away with it. He went out to Thailand and tagged on their walls. And y'all saw what they did to him. They brought him out in public with them wooden bamboo whip things. And they they tore his tail up. And I bet he'll never tag out there again. I bet they don't have a tagging problem. They ain't got to have crews that are committed to go through the city and clean up the spray. They ain't got to do that. We catch you out here, you're going to be whooped on Channel 7 News in front of everybody. And I, I guarantee you out there, kids, I don't, don't, don't want to paint. Get that paint out of my face, you know. They don't, they don't have a tagging problem. We have it because we don't deal with it. We got a murder problem, a rape problem, a theft problem. We don't deal with any of those things. Our culture is just weak. Back here, God says, look, I, I, want, I want there to be some purity about our culture. And so if somebody kills somebody, they're going to die for it. Uh, it, it's a real deterrent because everybody loves themselves. He says in verse 18, whoever kills an animal shall make it good. If I kill, if I accidentally kill your dog, I run over your goat, uh, I got I to gotta replenish it. I got to make good uh, animal for animal. Verse 19, this deals with personal injury. If a man causes disfigurement on his of his neighbor, neighbor as he has done, so it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, Tooth for tooth, as he has caused disfigurement on a man, so it shall be done to him. Now, some people think God is saying, get even. You get my eye, I'm going to get your eye. You knock out my tooth, I'm going to knock out your tooth. You know, but that's not what God is really saying. These rules were actually put in place to limit uh, to limit the, the, what would happen. Because if you knock out one of my teeth, I'm knocking out five of yours. You break my arm, I'm breaking your kneecap, elbow, bow, you know, I'm, we gonna, we, that's how human beings are. We don't want to get even. We want to, we want to, I want to show you guys, no, no, no. It's just eye for an eye, two for two, fracture for a fracture. Um, but then as you come to the New Testament, uh, we, we get, we get, we get the heart of Jesus. Uh, we're no longer walking this way. If you knock out my tooth, uh, I don't get to come back and say, well, the Bible says two for two, bow, and get you back. Uh, it says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and uh, from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. And he goes on, you've heard that it said, love your enemy. And he goes on, and he's bringing perfection. I want to point this out. He's not dealing with this in a national way. God's not saying, hey, so don't punish crimes in our culture. He's saying this is personal. 
This is not natural. We still punish crimes in a natural way. But he said, when it's personal, you, you, you injure me, you slap me in my face. Anybody here ever been, I'm not going to ask you, but I don't want to straw no bad memories. But if you get slapped in your face, everything in your flesh wants to retaliate. You slap me in my face. Um, your flesh wants to fix that. I'll make sure you never slap anybody in the face again when I get done with you. But God says, look, I, I turn the other cheek. That's a very hard thing when I think of it. Um, I, I, it's one of them things I read it. I understand it. I, I hope that I never have to do it. I pray that if anybody ever slapped me in my face, that the Holy Spirit would come upon me like he has never come upon me before. Because I don't know that I, I don't know that I have this. I don't know that I'm, I, I mean, I love the Lord. I, I walk in the fullness of the, I, I don't, I would, it would have to happen for me to know. I don't know if I'm that full. Um, but God says, turn the other cheek. And I used to make a joke. You know, I used to say, well, if you slap me on this cheek, as I throw this, I'm turning the cheek as I, as I throw my right. That, that was my joke. But I know that's not what God wants. You know, he didn't want me to throw my right as I turn the other cheek. But you see, the heart of the Lord is this, that, that we're, People as people that have been shown grace and mercy and forgiveness and great kindness from the Lord. God says, I want you to show that to other people. I want you to be vessels to show that to other people. Um, my flesh says, if I walk like that, people will take advantage. They walk all over me, Lord. And God says, OK, well, they walked all over me and I'm OK. And the Bible also says that God won't give you more than you can handle. And so that's probably why I've never been slapped in the face. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was, but it was a girl, so that kind of don't count, you know. Because um, I, I, it, 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 for me, if it was a man, it'd be different. A girl slapped me in the face, it's kind of like, I don't like it, but what you going to do? You know, it's, it's a girl. But anyway, so moving on, verse 21. And whoever kills an animal shall restore it, but whoever kills a man shall be put to death. You shall have the same law for the stranger and for the one uh, and for one from your country. I am the Lord, your God. Then Moses spoke to the children of Israel and they took outside the camp. He him who had cursed and stoned him with stones. So the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. So it kind of jumped back into the story of this guy that had blasphemed and they went ahead, took him out and they stoned him with stones and he died. And. This kind of what I'm, uh, I want to close with as we look through the chapter. Uh, I want to remind us, uh, like the light that was to burn continually in the tabernacle, that you and I need to seek to walk in the fullness of the spirit in a continual way, not a momentary compartmentalized thing. As the bread was there and it was to be made fresh on a regular basis, we want to be reminded that we need to spend time with the Lord fresh, regularly, just listening, letting God speak to us through his word. Now, as we look at this, this woman who's named in scripture for all eternity because she married a pagan man, had a child with him and her child gets stoned. I wonder what I mean, what she that's her son. She still probably loves her. She loved him. And I started thinking through all the other people in the word that had this situation. Um, other people that had married mixed marriages that that brought trouble, that brought issues um, in this situation here. It, it brought an issue. And her, her son blasphemed the Lord and was stoned for it. Um, I just, as I said, I would just encourage the single people um, that that would never even be an option. And not even that you would consider a non-believer. I even tell people you need to be careful about, you know, it's, it's a lot of people that say they're Christian, um, but they're not really Christian. Um, and just you, you need to give God time to, to inspect fruit 
and observe people and just see where they're really at. Um, but I challenge you single people, don't rush out there apart from the Lord. Uh, God loves you and God has something for you and you want what God has for you. Uh, but you've got to wait on God for that. Uh, you don't want to step out apart from the Lord to go get you something and, and you have some issues that you didn't have to have. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. But we're so glad you joined us for today's teaching on Pastor Bill. As we continue learning from the book of Leviticus together, our prayer is that you begin to understand where you come from. Knowing your roots is so important to understanding your faith and the heart of God. You may think all the rules within the Bible are outdated or just plain don't make sense, but they were there for a reason. They weren't there to punish, but rather to guide. And who doesn't need a little guidance from time to time? We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Leviticus and encourage you to read on on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. If you live in or near the Inglewood area, we'd love to meet you and invite you to join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at CalvaryInglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person, and you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is CalvaryInglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.